All aboard your new weekly favorite podcast, Next Stop, where you will find all there is to know about trains. 2021 is the European Year of Rail, a year to remind us that the journey is as important as the destination. My name is Timu, and this is Next Stop, a podcast by the Spring 2021 trainees at the European Committee of the Regions. Did you know that in Czech Republic, each station had its own signature bell toll related to the town or city? Imagine that you arrive in Prague and hear Voltava, a national classic, while at Brno you would hear a song about a romantic evening in the city. Lately, oddly enough, the Czech National Railway has been facing them out. We'll see how the situation develops. Trains are a great way to truly get to know Europe. You discover new villages, new languages and dialects, meet new people, and through your window you will see Europe's amazing landscape of forests, rivers, castles and modern cities. Traveling through Europe by train is an adventure that appeals to people of all ages. But to those 18 years old out there listening, we want to present to you the Discover EU Interrail Pass competition. That's right, if you win, you can travel through Europe for free. While in 2020 there were no application rounds, well, for obvious reasons, the 2021 competition is likely to open up soon, if the health situation the EU allows, of course. And this time it's even better. They will distribute 60,000 passes instead of the normal 30,000. To participate, you must be 18 years old EU citizen. You can read more about this competition in the European Youth Portal website by searching for Discover EU. Personally, I would be very excited for this opportunity if I was 18. But don't just take my word for it. Let's hear what our guests have to say about it. Next stop. Joining us from Scotland is Lucy Allen. Lucy is a YouTube blogger who won the Discover EU competition and a free Interrail pass in 2019. Lucy, you won the Discover EU competition in 2019. First of all, congratulations. I'm sure you had a great time interrailing. Where did you hear about the competition? What attracted you to it? And how did you apply? Thank you for having me. This is an honor. I actually heard about the Discover EU competition through Facebook advertising. And at first I thought it was maybe too good to be true, a free interval ticket. I wasn't sure that I believed it, but I clicked on the, the advert and I read a little bit into it and I figured, yeah, this is this is the real deal. <laughs> and the reason I was attracted to it is because I'd actually interrailed the year before. In 2018, I traveled for six and a half weeks through Europe and through all the big cities and it was really the best time of my life. So when I saw that I had a possibility to travel again and potentially win a free ticket, I signed straight up. And so I applied for the Facebook advertising. That's great, Lucy. And how was your experience? For how long were you traveling? What cities did you visit? And maybe if you could decide again today, what cities would you have visited? I had the most amazing experience. It was early diverse trip. I actually woke up at 4 a.m. two days after Christmas and left my apartment in Glasgow to take a 4 a.m. train to Rotterdam from Glasgow. And that was my first stop. I traveled there solo. I spent a couple of days in Rotterdam. I met some incredible people. And this was my first city out of the others. And then I went to Berlin where I spent I think four days with my best friend and I don't know if anyone is aware but Berlin has an incredible New Year's party so that was a really big bucket list moment for me to actually be there physically to celebrate the new decade 
Then we went down to Luxembourg for a couple of days. And I'd always really been intrigued by Luxembourg because of the languages there and the architecture has always been really interesting to me. I went further down a couple of days later to Bern in Switzerland. And this was maybe my highlight of the trip. I had such a wonderful time in Bern. The views were incredible. It snowed a little bit, which is everything you would want from a winter trip. Then we went over to Salzburg in Austria for a couple of days. And this was such a lovely city because you had a real big city, but to your right, there were incredible mountains. I really enjoyed Salzburg. I would love to go back. Then we went over to Bratislava in Slovakia, which was possibly the biggest surprise of the trip because I wasn't expecting too much. It was originally just a city in between Salzburg and Budapest, but I had the most amazing time. It was, again, maybe another favorite of mine from the trip. And we finished off in Budapest in Hungary for four days, which was a lovely end to the trip. If I had to choose the day, different cities, I honestly don't know if I would. I do think I would love to do another summer interrail just because I really enjoy the busyness of hostels during summer. The weather's always a bit better in the summer than in the winter and you can pack a bit lighter. I remember finding it very hard to pack for my winter gear. So if I was to choose different cities, I wouldn't, but I would choose a different season. That sounds fantastic, Lucy. You had so many great destinations that you visited and you made an excellent point that visiting the same place in different seasons, it, it really makes a big difference. Now, um, I watched a couple of your videos. And by the way, for the listeners, I highly recommend everyone to check out Lucy's videos from YouTube. And uh, while you had many great tips, one of them really struck me to take a nap around 4 p.m. while interrailing or traveling. I've noticed in my own travels that since traveling can be so exhausting sometimes, taking a nap around that time really helps to stay energetic. And, you know, after a long morning and afternoon of walking and exploring, it's, it just feels heavenly to take a little little rest. Um, is that the case for you as well? Or why do you recommend taking a nap? Oh, I would 100% recommend a 4 p.m. nap. And I say 4 p.m. specifically because... When you're interrailing, you tend to want to wake up really early in the morning. You want to wake up around sunrise to sort of get your day started early and you want to beat the crowds. So I would always wake up early and doing that for a long time, maybe three weeks to six weeks, can get extremely tiring because interrail is extremely fast paced and you're only in a city for maybe three days at a time. So it can be easy to feel a little bit overwhelmed, but I found that Around 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., nothing incredible will happen. So you should just take that time for yourself to go for a nap and to reset. And if you nap at 4 p.m., it means you can stay up a bit later and have fun in your hostels. So I would say that everybody should try a 4 p.m. nap when traveling for long periods of time. I, I would agree with that, Lucy, and I would recommend that for other people too. Uh, would you like to share any last message to encourage young people to apply for the Discover EU scheme? Yes, I would say that applying to the Discover EU scheme is a real triple win. First of all, when we're young, 
and we're 18 and graduating from high school, a lot of us will say, I've done really well. I'm so proud of myself. So I'm going to treat myself. And people tend to treat themselves with shopping sprees or trips to somewhere new. But imagine being able to treat yourself on an unbelievable trip where you can hop off, hop on a train from one city, hop off in the center of a brand new city in maybe even a different country. And knowing that the train you're taking is going to help to lower the CO2 emissions compared to taking other forms of transport. And plus, with the Discover EU scheme, you can win a ticket for free. So it's really a triple win and it's a no-brainer. If I were 18 again, I would be applying on the site right now. And that's Lucy Allen from Scotland. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Next stop. So, joining us today from Germany is Vincent Emmanuel here. Vincent is a German activist involved in several projects and has been working with different institutions such as Mercator Foundation and United Nations Women in Germany. He co-founded the consultancy Hair and Spear, which is committed to empower young people to change the world. Vincent, thank you for joining our podcast. How are you doing? Yes, thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I think this is a great project you're doing and I'm happy to help out. Great. Vincent, have you ever done an interrail yourself? Do you have any stories to share with us? <laughs> um, yes, I'm actually a very big interrail fan. I have done a total of three interrail trips, one in 2014, one in 2019, and one in early 2020, right before the COVID pandemic restricted travel. So we just got back a few weeks or a couple of weeks really before um, traveling became impossible. Um, there's a lot of stories I could tell, so this might be too much for the scope of your podcast, but I think I can definitely share an overall sense of what Interrail does with you. And that is that traveling Interrail is really quite different from um, other international kind of travel, particularly in comparison to flying. Um, I think when you really visit several European countries, and I think I've probably been to between 15 and 20 European countries via Interrail, you really get a sense of how Europe is connected, how people um, are connected and how these also these differences that you see how they're really such a beautiful part of the European experience. And um, I can honestly say that Interrail travel has made me a true European, or as we sometimes say, has turned me from a European in theory to European out of experience. And so I really think that this kind of travel, train travel, slow travel, if you will, where you get to meet more people, get to see more through the windows of a train is extremely important to understanding the diversity of Europe. And I really hope that more people get to do that. Wonderful. I'm an active traveler myself, so I can definitely relate to your stories. Now, uh, you've been a strong advocate of free interrail passes for young people, together with Martin Spear. Your idea was picked up by the European Parliament and it led to the creation of European Commission's pilot project in 2017 to 18. What was your main motivation behind this endeavor? Mm-hmm. I mean, as I, as I just started to, to talk about how train travel and interrail in particular really um, shows the beauty of diversity in Europe, when Martin and I did these interrail trips, particularly the first one in 2014, we realized how meaningful this trip was for the building of our own sense of European identity. At the same time, we also realized that there's a lot of young people who get to travel very little. Some of them have never left their home country. So there's a big mobility gap in Europe. Um, I think almost 40% of European citizens have never left their home country. This is, you know, in some countries, it's much more than others. But overall, there's a big gap between people 
like me, maybe like some of you on the podcast here, who have traveled a lot, and those people who travel very little or none at all. Um, and this mobility gap is not just unfortunate, I think it's a big problem for Europe because Europe lives on diversity. So if you, we cannot experience this diversity, um, then it's really hard to really understand and appreciate and support the European project. So that's, that's really the idea behind free interrail. European Union would um, profit incredibly by offering all 18 year olds, all future generations of Europeans, the opportunity to get to explore Europe for themselves. Um, so we really see free interrail as a European integration program, as a program to promote a building of a shared sense of European identity. Um, and we would really, at the same time, I think what we are also seeing is that, you know, there are existing integration programs for young people such as Erasmus Plus, and it's a great program. But since its inception in 1987 or around that time, I think less than 2% of all EU citizens have actually participated in this program. So again, we see a big mobility gap. Erasmus is a great program, but it's only accessible for a very small number of people. Free Interrail tries to fill this gap and to um, kind of create a basic program of um, minimum mobility, I guess you could call it, to enable all Europeans, all young Europeans to travel at least once in their life and get to have these international experiences that are so incredibly important. That's really at the, at the gist of it. I think you could say that the European Union only has a future if it enables all its citizens to be part of its diversity. Right now, we're not doing that, and I think that's a problem. And so that's why that's what we hope a program or an idea such as Free Interrail can, can fill that gap. Perfect. I think that was, that was very clearly explained. Um, now, I, I believe you are now promoting the idea of free passes for all 18-year-olds. Could you give us more details of this current campaign and how can young people engage? Uh, and beyond that, if you've ever thought of it, I'll be very interested to hear if you have any concrete proposals on how to structure the plan and raise funding for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do a quick overview here. So in 2014, Martin and I traveled into rail and we had this kind of epiphany or this idea actually in Vienna, we thought of this idea, what would happen if all 18 year old got a free interrail ticket? 2015, we started writing articles about this and approaching European politicians, particularly in the European Parliament of different party groups. In 2017, the European Commission launched the first pilot project, which was um, not exactly what we intended. It was um, also very much criticized by the media. But then in 2018, which um, what is now called Discovery U was launched, and Discovery U has now benefited 70,000 um, 18 year olds to travel between 2018 and 2020. Um, so we see how this idea has already turned and become reality for 70,000 people. However, our initial idea was a little bigger. Our initial idea, as I mentioned, was that not 70,000 people get this interrail ticket, but every young European at the age of 18, with after the UK having left, I think there's roughly four and a half million people turning 18 every year. So from 70,000 to four and a half million a year, there's still some gap that we need to fill. Um, so this is kind of the current state of things. Um, this pilot project enabled 70,000 people. Now Discovery U has been um, made part of the Erasmus program. So it will, the numbers will likely increase in the next few years. Um, but the European Commission is also right now at the point where they have to figure out exactly what this program will look like. So this year is actually going to be a big year to figure out 
how will free interrail work or they call it discovery you how will discovery you work and how many people can benefit from it and i think this is part of your second question right um how um where could the money come from partially i mean part part of the funding has been secured it's part of the mff the you know the multi annual financial framework um but i think something that we have always thought of so far the european commission you know has in or the european union has directly or indirectly um supported or subsidized um, international flying operations. So they have subsidized local airports. Um, and there's only one European Union country that is um, actually taxing kerosene, the you know the, the fuel for, for airplanes and these kind of things. So European Union through some ways is actually putting a lot of money into um, um, airplane travel. So our proposal partially is why not take some of that money indirectly or directly out of the funding and fostering and support of um, plane travel and put it into train travel. That is one idea we're having. I think another one is, and you know, these are these are big discussions, of course, but the, Euro the European Common Agricultural Policy is the biggest part of the European Union's budget. You could also argue that we don't really need one third of the European Union's budgets to really go into um, the agricultural policy. I know there's, there will be a big debate about that, but I also think there could be some money that could go into free interrail. In the end of the day, free interrail or Discovery U is not even that expensive. You know, there is not an, an exact number because it's kind of hard to guess exactly how expensive it would be. But the number we have sometimes heard from the European Commission is that they assume even if you gave the ticket to every 18 year old, it might be roughly 1 billion euros a year, which sounds like a lot. But at the same time, the European Union also has a very, very big budget. And this is not just a fun project. It's not like uh, it's not just a little gimmick. It really is an integral part that would foster European identity. And we just have to ask ourselves, is it important to us to foster European identity? Are we willing to spend some money on that? And luckily, or fortunately, the European Union has decided to put more money into this, which I'm very grateful for. And I think more people are recognizing the potential of this. But that's kind of where we are right now. So right now, the program is growing. But we are not there yet where every 18-year-old gets this ticket. So we will try to keep pushing for that. But we also are very grateful for this big milestone that it's not just a pilot project anymore. It's an official part of Erasmus+. Plus. And with that, it will benefit a lot of young people in the next um, seven years. And that's something we're extremely excited about. Sounds good. So to use a Finnish idiom, you've kind of, you'd push the snowball downhill and now it's growing and becoming larger and larger and maybe one day hopefully we will see it it happening i like that that's a that's a nice idiom i i appreciate that um i think so i think the idea has really caught on i think a lot of people got excited we have seen with the pilot project that um european 18 year olds are extremely excited about this pro program as i said seventy thousand tickets have, have been issued but the number of applicants has been significantly higher so i think there was about 360,000 18-year-olds applying, which is, you know, it's a serious share of the population of 18-year-olds. Um, in some countries, particularly, we heard this in Portugal and in Spain, We, when we were traveling there last year, or in 2019 and 2020, we visited the offices of the European Commission, of the European Parliament, and we asked them, what is the reaction to Discovery EU? And they told us the only problem with it is that is that we don't have more tickets. So there is this strong sense of This is a program that young people are extremely excited about. And when you look at what they do with this ticket, they really make the most out of it. They travel to countries they have never been to before. They make local friends. Some of these friendships last 
some of the participants have never left their home country. So we see a positive effect. So um, I genuinely believe that this idea will continue, as you say, to be a snowball that keeps growing bigger and going downhill and um, turning into a very positive avalanche, maybe at some point, to uh, to really benefit all Europeans, even though I know an avalanche is not as um, positive necessarily. But I'm not from Finland, so I, my, my snow references are not quite as uh, on point as yours, I guess. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, um, there is currently a worrying skills gap in the railway sector, and in order to keep the sector alive and dynamic, it is very important to attract new employees. Do you see any scope to link the Discover EU scheme to the promotion of rail sector carriers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I'm going to be very honest. This is not my expertise. So I, the rail sector as such, I've had some points of contact in our work to promote free interrail, but I'm not an expert on the rail sector. However, what I can say is that what we have seen with the pilot project is that particularly a lot of young people were surprised to find out that you can't even use trains for international travel. So for a lot of young people, international travel means using the airplane. And so um, for a lot of them, this was maybe the first time that they have used a train in order to leave their home country and get into another country. And what we've also seen when we talk to participants of Discovery U is that they are positively excited about train travel. And they say, hey, this is much better than I thought it would be. This is much more exciting. And a lot of them say they will do it again in the future. So we kind of see a mentality building effect, right? Where it's not just you do Discovery U for three or four weeks, but maybe this experience also changes how you think about train travel in general and you get more excited and you use more train in the future. And my hope would be, and you know, I'm again, I'm not an expert, but maybe this also is an opportunity for the rail sector to kind of present itself in a new way and to have more young people be interested in it again because they do train travel again and um, they not they, they don't all just hop on um, cheap flights, but they use trains again. So maybe some of the Discovery U participants will get so excited that they decide to do a career in the in the rail sector. Um, that would be a hope of mine, but I think we definitely see an increase in interest in international train travel. And I would urge the rail sector to make use of that, to really recognize there's a lot of young people traveling right now. So that also means that the rail sector needs to make it easy for them. You know, I mean, if it's a very complicated experience, they will likely not do it again in the future. So right now you have all these 18-year-olds who will travel. So the rail sector should do um, kind of be open, be ready for them. You know, um, tickets should be able to be uh, sold digitally. Um, uh, international route planning should be easier than it is right now. Um, accessibility to trains should be um, promoted. All these kind of things. I think there's a lot of things the rail sector could do right now to make sure that young people really have a positive, very positive experience. And that positive experience will enable them to come back, travel again, and maybe even seek out careers in that sector. My own little brother is is 18 years old currently, so hopefully he will be able to take advantage of this opportunity. And he's also, you know, as many people of that age, they are hardly thinking of their future career. So um, hopefully this will be one opportunity for him as well. Now, uh, Vincent, do you have any last message to encourage young people to engage in European Year of Rail? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure you've noticed I'm a big fan of rail travel or train travel. Um, So I would encourage young people, whether through Discovery U or on their own, to do rail travel, particularly international. 
I know it's not always super easy, you know, and international connections are, there's definitely something that needs to be improved, particularly when it comes to like really traveling through many countries. It's sometimes easy. You have to switch trains and systems. You cannot always book all the way through all these kind of things, but to figure it out and to do it is so much fun. And these interrail trips that I've done, they're really, um, they have been life-changing experiences for me. So I can really strongly recommend using train travel. Um, you know, you can discover, of course, participate in Discovery U, but you can also buy an interrail ticket on your own. It, it's not exactly cheap, but depending on which ticket you want, it's between three and 500 euros. So maybe that's something you want to do next summer. Um, and maybe this year is a good year to do this anyway, because um, I hope, as I said, that rail companies take this year as an opportunity to really keep improving their system. Um, so yeah, go, go and travel, um, use trains and uh, explore Europe. I think that's wonderful. And that's Vincent here. By the way, for, for the listeners, if you're interested, you can watch his wonderful TED Talk on YouTube, uh, where he talks about this same subject. Now, Vincent, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for the good questions and good luck with your project. Thank you, Vincent. Hola. Hola. We are Jose, Mila, and Xavi. And we are back to share with you our passions for trains. We know you have been waiting for a long time, but don't despair. The Bob Wagon is again on the track. Today, we bring another interesting selection of culture, history, with the trains as an essential element. Let's go! Talking about the old times reminds me of an interesting historical story. Another related to the execution of a different emperor? <laughs> no, no, no. This one is less dramatic. Did you know that the world's first travel agency started thanks to a train trip? You have all my attention. Hey, why are you so happy? There's one song that I've been listening to recently and I can't take it out of my head. Okay, but concentrate, please. We are here to talk about trains, not music. But actually, I am talking about trains, too. Do you know Waiting for a Train? It's a song composed by Jimmy Rogers in 1928, and it became popular just one year later. After the Wall Street crash, many people felt identified by these lyrics about a working-class man who is unemployed and takes the rails to live the hobo lifestyle. Yes, I, I knew it. Uh, amazing song, right? Yeah, I love when they play it in clubs. But Mila's right. Like, songs associated with trains are always cool, even stylish. This is probably because trains have actually been very often associated with jazz, swing, blues, folk. Many great songs have been dedicated to the allegory of the locomotive. Railroads symbolize freedom and opportunity, such as the Choo Choo Boogie by <laughs> Louis Jordan and the Take the A Train by Duke Ellington. In 1841, Thomas Cook, a Baptist minister, organized a train excursion for 540 parishioners to attend an anti-alcoholism meeting in London. Cook negotiated a set fare for passengers, including tickets and a meal. The trip was so successful that he expanded his operations, first within the United Kingdom and then to the United States and Europe, providing passengers with packages, including transportation, accommodation and even meals. Smart guy, this Thomas. I'm sure if he were alive today, he would be a great promoter of the Discover EU program. What is sure is that the next youngster awarded with the Discover EU pass should use it to visit the next museum we are going to recommend. Yep, it's very easy to reach Spain by Interrail. And there, they can find the Railway Museum of Madrid, El Museo de Ferrocarril, 
It holds one of the largest historic railroad collections in Europe. But what's more interesting is that it's housed in an old monumental station. So it's a unique opportunity to visit the characteristic iron architecture of that time. Okay, okay. I don't need to listen more. I want to get my Discover EU pass also. <laughs> well, but you cannot. Who said that? Mm, did you listen to the podcast? You must be 18 years old to participate. Um, party pooper. Dear Railway lovers, thank you very much for accompanying us till this point. Adeu! Adios! And with our pop wagon, we come to an end of another episode of your weekly favorite Next Stop. Don't forget to check out the Discover EU competition in the European Youth Portal website. We also recommend you to follow European EU social media channels for similar competitions and programs. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook as simply European Youth. Discover EU also has an official Facebook group that anyone can join. You'll also find our Wildfactor team on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And we hope that you will connect with us for more information and tips like this. We are certain to see you on the next stop. My name is Timu Karhapa. Thank you for listening.